the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True North, on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Saturday mornings at 8 or via podcast anytime. Now, let's get into it with your host, Dirk Hobbs. All right, good Saturday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. You're listening to True North. You're dialed into AM 1460 and 101.1 FM. The answer today is September 30th. We're almost done with September. Can you believe this? And it's a beautiful, beautiful weekend ahead. We're supposed to get up to about 77 degrees today. And I hope you're enjoying a beautiful, cool morning uh, before we head into a nice fall day. Uh, a lot of fire danger out there, folks, so be careful. It's really dry, has been for a while. So uh, if you're doing any barbecuing, just, you know, just be careful. And if you're walking through the woods, uh, you know, if you see anything, report it quick uh, before it gets out of hand. So uh, big college football morning here in southern Colorado. Uh, well, actually, it'll be this afternoon, 6 p.m., San Diego State comes in to meet the Air Force Falcons here at Falcon Stadium. And, uh, guys, you know, we got an NCAA Division I football team here in our backyard. Let's fill the stadium. Let's let's do this. I mean, everybody around the country is in a stadium somewhere uh, celebrating their team. And you know what? I'm not from here either. I'm, a, I'm an Ole Miss Rebel. Uh, so they're my number one team. So I'm an SEC guy. Okay, but I Air Force is my number two team, and if they're in town, I am at the stadium. I am celebrating and rooting on the Air Force Falcons. So uh, they play San Diego State today at 6 p.m., and the Air Force Falcons, ladies and gentlemen, are 4-0 with a really good shot at going 5-0 against the 2-3 and San Diego State team. So my Ole Miss Rebels are limp, had to limp out of Tuscaloosa last week with their tail between their legs. Man, there was a lot of hype around that game, but jeez, oh, the wheels fell off. So my Rebels fell to 3-1, and but that's hardly anything to be embarrassed about. Uh, they welcomed the Tigers from LSU, who are also... Three and one. So the 13 LSU Tigers take on the number 20 Ole Miss Rebels at 4 p.m. And then we've got uh, for you Colorado fans, they limped out of Eugene last week, uh, having taken a dive to the Oregon Ducks. Uh, tough game for Prime and his team, but uh, they're going to be quick on the rebound here in Boulder with number eight USC coming in. Four and oh. Uh, against the 3-1 and one Colorado Buffs. They start this morning at 10 o'clock, so uh, hopefully you'll find a soft surface and some uh, good snacks and eats uh, to enjoy. start enjoying your college football weekend. And not to leave out our Colorado State University Rams. Unfortunately, they're struggling this year. They're 1-2 and two on the season against Utah Tech at home in Fort Collins. They're later on this afternoon at 5. But uh, if you're in the neighborhood... 6 p.m., Air Force, get your tickets, folks. Let's fill the stadium. Have some fun. It's going to be an amazing fall day. 
And uh, let's root on those Falcons. Uh, the Rockies postseason, not going to happen this year. Uh, Broncos limping out of a brutal weekend uh, after getting just thrushed by the Dolphins. So, uh, But the good news for the Broncos this weekend is they're headed to Chicago, and somebody, either Chicago or Denver, is going to be walking out of there with a W because both are 0-3 on the season. And then we lost a Hall of Famer this year. Brooks Robinson passed away. He's a 16-time Golden Glove recipient uh, with the Baltimore Orioles. He passed away at age 86 this week, uh, old number five. Thank you, Brooks Robinson, for the great memories. So uh, you're listening to True North, and we have got an amazing guest in the studio this morning. I'm hanging out with an Olympic hopeful. Her name is Diamond Guilford, and she is a women's freestyle wrestling uh, senior world team member. She is a two-time U.S. Open champion and a four-time college national champion. Uh, she's currently training at the USOC here in Colorado Springs. Diamond, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here, and congratulations on all these accolades. You clearly know what you're doing in the ring. Thank you. Just trying my best. <laughs> well, it sounds like your best is good enough. So, well, let's let's uh, introduce you a little bit, uh, a little bit about your background, where you're from, your family, all that good stuff. Well, I'm from Lancaster, California. And most of my family is L.A. born and raised. Okay. So, of course, we're Rams. Rams girlies out here. It's great. Okay. <laughs> and I went to Eastside High School and decided to start wrestling when I was a senior in high school. Tried to get my college paid for it. So far, I have. Okay. So, it's been really good. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you come from a big family? Oh, yes. Um, I had seven older brothers before me. Mm-hmm. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And that's not including everybody my parents took under their wing growing up. So oh I have a lot gosh. of people out there I call brothers and sisters who are not blood related. No kidding. Yeah. So you had seven brothers, did yes. you say? And then an older sister mm-hmm. and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're towards you're towards the bottom of the pecking order. So you got plenty of brotherly love, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, they oh, teased yeah. you a little bit. and Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah. My dad didn't let them do too much teasing, but it was enough to teach me how to tackle. So it was good. Okay. So you learn how to, yeah, you guys were a small football team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, so did you learn wrestling from one of your brothers or? Actually, I'm the first wrestler in my family. No kidding. Yeah. Um, it was actually, when they learned, taught, taught me how to tackle. That's actually close to a double leg if you just drop your level a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So technically they taught me a little bit of wrestling. If we get real Weird with it, but overall, I was just the first one. Okay, and did you take it to them? Um, did I take it to them? Yeah, did you take it, your wrestling skills to them? Oh, okay. As you grew yeah. here? My, my <laughs> nieces and nephews started wrestling actually because of me, and okay. because people at their school started asking, are you Diamond Guilford's like brother or sister? Because they're around my age now. Yeah. But um, my older brothers, once I started learning how to wrestle, it was over for them. Because okay. you learn hand fighting, they don't know hand fighting. Yeah. So I was like a beep ahead of them, and then they have to like, use their strength at that point and right. it's over at that it's over yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in la mm-hmm. and is is wrestling really a prolific sport out there um for women yes it, it is yes so california is really big it's martial arts overall mm-hmm. so we have a lot of girls coming in from stuff like jujitsu and um judo and then of course they naturally fall into wrestling because there's some parallel dynamics there sure so there's a lot of girls who started wrestling by the time they're in middle school because their parents were already into like that martial art background. Mm-hmm. But for me, since I came from a football family, we didn't even know wrestling was a thing for women. Yeah. So I didn't really find out about it until my older sister was like, Hey Diamond, we need you on 
wrestling team. And this is like one of my sisters who's not my blood sister, but we call her my sister. Right on. And she was like, yeah, we need you on the wrestling team to go and beat up this girl from another school. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, school pride. Let's go and uh, beat up this girl. So, yeah. yeah. And she turned out to be a California placer, like top eight in California. And I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave me that information. So I'm trying to beat this girl who's beating 700 girls in the state of California at the time. Mm-hmm. But I ended up beating her, which put me up there. And I eventually went and won a California state title. So your first match, you took her down? or No, no. no it no, took no, about no. five. Oh, it took about <laughs> she, five. It was like she would pin me the first match, mm-hmm. and then she would pin me the second match, third match. She didn't get a pin, but she still won. Uh-huh. And then it got all the way down to, we have this thing called Golden League. That's my area of um, wrestling because we have divisions within California. Sure. And my master's division, she won by, no, I in Golden League, she won by one point. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Masters because I still qualified to go to Masters with her. And then I beat her at Masters, which qualified me for California State. Love and it. I was like, yes, my job is done. This is great. <laughs> and they were like, you can go be a state champion, Diamond. I was like, okay. Okay. Why <laughs> not? I was like, that sounds like giving me a college scholarship. So, yeah. But California turned out to be one of the hardest states for women wrestling, women's wrestling in general that year. Mm-hmm. So, it was like. When I said that getting a California State Championship would get me a college scholarship, it definitely did. It did. <laughs> it, put, it put me on that order list. It was great. That's terrific. So, yeah. so great opportunity for women mm-hmm. in sports mm-hmm. to find a new way uh, to get themselves through school. Where did you end up going? I ended up going to Missouri Baptist University in okay. St. Louis. And I stayed there for a couple of years before I wanted more money and <laughs> started looking for more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out about um, just world-class wrestling in the Olympics. And then the Olympic training center picked me up and with, by training with them, I got free room and board mm-hmm. and then they also paid for my college. So I ended up getting that full scholarship I was looking for. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. And I finished out my degree at Devire University. Okay. What'd you end up majoring in? Um, accounting. Okay. Yes. You're a numbers girl. Oh yeah. Okay. Big math girly. <laughs> I love it. Smart Women in Athletics is a beautiful thing, and we're hanging out with Diamond Guilford here. She is a women's freestyle wrestler, senior world team member, two-time U.S. Open champion, and four-time collegiate national champion. She's now out here at uh, the USOC in the training center here in Colorado Springs, and uh, we're going to get to know her a little better and her journey and what she aspires to do in some of the upcoming games. So stick with us. We're back in a moment with Diamond Guilford. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. Booth Barn Hall, your gateway to great entertainment. Bringing you world-class concerts and events all year round. Plus, looking for a venue for your next event? Check out BoothBarnHall.com. Booth Barn Hall, your gateway to great entertainment. See you at the show. All right, here we are in the second quarter. You're listening to True North. I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. Hey, quick shout-out to Ramos Law. 
for bringing us the opportunity to meet these amazing people who live, work, and play here in Southern Colorado. I'm hanging out with uh, Collegiate All-American athlete and Collegiate All-Conference and Collegiate National Award winner Diamond Guilford. She is a women's freestyle wrestling uh, senior world team member, two-time U.S. Open champion, and four-time college national champion. She's here at the United States Olympic Training Center here in the Springs, and she has ambitions to go to Paris to represent the United States. Welcome, Diamond. Hi. Glad you're here. So we got to know you a little bit, and you're a huge football family. Mm-hmm. Okay. You grew up in L.A., and uh, you do literally have a football team for a <laughs> sibling group. Uh, you got seven brothers, two sisters, and yourself, and uh, you play both sides of the ball. I take it mm-hmm. when you played. <laughs> what was your position on the family team? Wow, my position was cheerleader. <laughs> yes. was cheerleader. Okay. I was actually a cheerleader like my whole life before I started wrestling. So. Okay, right on. Well, so what gave you the bug? I mean, where did where were you introduced to wrestling? When I was, it was my junior year of high school, and that's when I found out about the sport. And I started like dipping my toe in it, like just showing up to a couple of practices here and there, really just enjoying the environment and. Then when I qualified to go to California State, just by me being around, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I could really I could really win a state championship here okay. if I actually made it my thing. Mm-hmm. And I decided to make it my thing. And my parents bought all in after they saw that I was like actually enjoying myself and passionate about it. And what do you love about yeah, it? I mean, because cheerleading, you know, I mean, there's there's contact, but there's not yeah. a lot of contact. Uh, wrestling is a very intimate sport. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys are literally wrestling with each other for a prolonged period of time. And, and was that odd to get into at first? Or it, did it feel weird? Or was it, yeah, I, I love putting people on the ground. You know, there's just this beauty about learning new moves and how to move your body. Okay. Um, An art, art form. Yeah, to it's it. just like a beautiful art. And then outside of it, when you're off the mat, you're meeting so many new people from so many different backgrounds with so many stories. Mm -hmm. So then not only are you like learning these new moves and learning how to like dominate people, but then also you're learning about people and you gain to travel and all this. So that's why I really fell in love with. And then just like the hard work and like aggression and stuff like that was really great. So my parents, they had a sports academy growing up. Mm -hmm. So I spent my whole early like prepubescent life just watching these guys work out and train and like put their heart into something. Mm -hmm. And now I finally had a sport where I could do that. And I just felt a part of like that pack. And it was just That's beautiful. So it fit. Yeah. It just, it was just a fit. That's great. And so you didn't really have any heroes then because you didn't really know who was out there. But since you've met Adeline Gray, who's Mm -hmm. an Olympic champion and, and she's uh, obviously uh, a U.S. Prominent in the U.S. Res- women's wrestling movement. Um, have you wrestled her yet? Yeah, I've wrestled her a total of two times now. Okay. And still learning? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're still learning. We're still confident. Like, mm-hmm. all like the really big things about going up against somebody who has those accolades. Yeah. But then you're still on your own journey. So I'm still confident and really confident in my kneecaps and all this great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, being an Olympic hopeful, what what is that? I mean, when you start to get into that upper echelon, you start to realize, man, there are some really talented and strong people out here because mm-hmm. uh, you, you're no longer in that microcosm of, of the college setting or, yes. the, or the high school setting. Now you're on the global stage 
and you're meeting athletes, like you said, from all over the world. Mm-hmm. What it, you know, has that humbled you? Has that created an appreciation for how much it's going to take to become a world champion? Yes, so much so. Mm-hmm. When um, so far in my career, a lot of my accolades have come easily to where as long as I give my best, then I will get the best results in the game. Mm-hmm. But on my path to becoming an Olympian and a world champion, that's where I'm like, okay, we're going to have to pull more out of ourselves. We're going to have to ask God for strength on this. Like just, we're going to have to like pull it out of ourselves basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really humbled me in this process. And, but it's like, it's, it's nice to have something to like look forward to. So. Yeah. So how do you keep yourself grounded? I mean, where, how do you recharge your batteries and set yourself uh, in a position where you go out on that mat confident, but not overly confident? Um, I just, I'm constantly thinking to myself about my place in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain and, that a little bit. What does that mean? Yeah. So I'm a Christian athlete. Okay. And I do a lot of work with FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Beautiful. And one of the main things that we just kind of vocalize is that when we're given these opportunities to like build platforms to um, for people to look at us, we're really supposed to be reflecting the kingdom and such. Mm-hmm. So what one that actually really calms me down before matches is realizing it's not about me. Like I'm just here as like a centerpiece to exemplify how God's opened these doors for me. Love it. And so like then it takes everything out of my hands. Every time I step on the mat, I tell myself the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, Diamond, just show them all the stuff that God's given you. Mm-hmm. He's given you great, he's given me provision for great food at mm-hmm. the Olympic Training Center, mm-hmm. great training with training partners who are world-class athletes coming through all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just provided so many different needs for me to be successful in the sport. And then, like, when I actually do win the matches, after every match, whenever people come to come up to interview me, I'm like, this is what God does. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how he's impacted my life and... Just and then like that helps put everything in perspective. That that's what keeps me grounded in this sport. Because mm-hmm. having it too much focused on myself, that's too much pressure. Yeah. Even if I'm doing the right thing every day, like that's way too much pressure. Like I know. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> this is not about me. Yeah, this is not yeah. about me. This is about saying bigger. So. But you're you're out there. You're having fun. Yes. Okay. You love your sport. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love the people in it. I love the food that comes with it. Oh my goodness! Oh, have you? <laughs> well, guys you're ever, burning calories out look, there. Have so. you ever had a 97 percent protein and five percent fat um, burger? Nope. Look, once you start eating those and seeing how your body responds to that much protein mm-hmm. versus like that ratio, and you get used to it, it'll ruin your life. Actually, because <laughs> then you'll go to like burger places and like you'll see the ones the American standard is 80 percent protein, 20 percent fat. All right which is a huge difference. That's a big difference. That's right. You'll start tasting that difference wherever you go. And you'll be able to actually tell what burger places are more healthier. Mm. And like, then you'll actually start deciphering what's a good burger and you'll get like, you'll learn about taste and quality. And then you go overseas and they have that same thing. And then we realize America's trying to, no, no. So yes, that's it. <laughs> well, so take us, uh, let's backtrack a little bit here. Take us to your first college matchup. What did that look like? Oh, my goodness. I remember that. I remember I thought being, (laughs) I called Mm -hmm. it mother strength when I went up against these college girls. Mm -hmm. Because in high school, we don't weight train. Sure. Like, we're learning about the sport. pure angst. Yeah, it's pure (laughs) angst and just learning the moves. (laughs) But for women, when we get to college, we're transitioning from folk style to freestyle. And so, of course, we're learning more new moves and how to adjust to these new Mm -hmm. um, rules. But... 
you're also going to be against girls who are full grown women. Yeah. And they're strong. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember trying to take a double leg on a girl and she didn't move. And I said, okay, it's time <laughs> to get in the weight room. Yeah. It's about time. So yeah, we just got in the weight room yeah. and now we're just strong. <laughs> And you got and you got good coaching there. Oh, so yeah. you were at Missouri Baptist University. You yeah. got you got some pretty good training there under Coach Brian Jackson, NCAA champ from back in the day. Right on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you learned well, and then the USOC picked you up. Oh yeah. So how, how did that actually happen? Okay, so let me run it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying about four thousand dollars a semester to go to college at Missouri Baptist University. Okay, but I knew in my heart that. I would be four-time national champ. I'll be that girl that the colleges want, all this stuff, because I'm a hard worker and I know who I am. I know what I'm bringing to this field. So I was like, I want a full scholarship. Now, at the time, I didn't know there were no full scholarships for women's wrestling because we were not uh, an NCAA sport. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even been certified at NCAA at that point. Um, So, but... I was only a second year wrestler at that time. So in my ignorance, I just started telling everybody named Mama at every turn. I was like, my name is Diamond Guilford. I'm going to be a national champ. Please give me money. Like, mm-hmm. and I said, especially my second year, I said unabashedly to every coach. And my coach at Missouri Baptist understood. And we're still good friends today. He's cool. Mm-hmm. And I ended up winning my first college national championship. And then I went overseas for a month. And I won a gold at a ranking tournament in Germany. And then I came back and I won my second college national championship. Mm-hmm. And this was all within the span of like a month and a half. And I'm still going around telling everyone, I was like, my name is Diamond Guilford and I deserve these things. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> then... Um, you were certainly working for them. Yeah. yeah. And um, Clarissa Chun, actually, she came to me and she was like, hi, um, you might not know me too well because you just got into the sport and everything, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of potential in you. Would you like to come to Olympic Training Center? And at the time, she was one of the coaches at the Olympic Training Center. And I was like, Olympic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hadn't really heard that women's wrestling was an Olympic sport. In my head, it stopped at uh, at college. Yeah. yeah, it stopped at college. Nobody had said anything about um, world-class athletes and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I ended up going. I signed up going to Olympic Training Center. I said, deuces to Missouri Baptist, sent love, and... I just went on that okay. summer after I after that spring semester. I went to I came here. Well, we're hanging out with Diamond Guilford, who's telling her story about her journey from Southern California, L.A. area over to Missouri Baptist University. And now her strong trajectory uh, to try to make the Olympic team here. She's an Olympic hopeful here in Colorado Springs. She's hoping for Paris. So stick around. We're going to get to know her a little more and what it's going to take to get her to Paris. Back in a moment. that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. The fallen leaves Drift by my window The autumn leaves All right, second half here on True North. I'm your host, Dirk Hobbs. Welcome Glad you're listening in to Diamond Guilford here, who's an Olympic hopeful in women's freestyle wrestling. She is here in Colorado Springs from Southern California, 
and uh, by way of Missouri Baptist University. And uh, she's got her d- degree from DeVry University, and now she's uh, uh, looking at the University of Cumberland Patriots. Uh, I-, I had never heard of this group until today, until mm-hmm. I met you. Uh, but this school is famous uh, for women's wrestling because they really put women's wrestling on the map. Yes, yes. So where are they located? They're in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Okay. Yes. And it's a full-blown campus? and Oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, the whole campus actually takes over the town in Williamsburg. Okay. And, yeah, it's just a nice little lovely place. I love Kentucky. It's very just chill yeah, way back there. It's pretty there. nice. Yeah, pretty place. Well, so you got you had you ran into this woman who said you may not know me very well, uh, but I'm watching you, and you've got a lot of potential. Who was this individual, and and what did that conversation look like? Uh, I had made the junior world team when after my freshman year of college, and I started getting invited to these camps around America, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll go because I still want to learn about wrestling. And at the time, it was still my second year. And so I started seeing this woman at the camps and she's just teaching like all this crazy technique. And I'm like, okay, I need to get to know her. Mm -hmm. And she finally came up to me. And after hearing my spiel about college, I was talking to other girls about it. And of course she picked it up and she came to me. She was like, Hey, I have an opportunity for you here. And we didn't even talk about the college front of it, but more so like just the Olympic opportunity by making the junior world team. That's my first introduction to it being a world sport. And mm-hmm. even when I got to junior worlds, that's when I finally realized the magnitude of what was going on. Like I'm going against other national champions and trying to get a world champ. Like it was amazing. Wow. So around, so around the time that I won my two college national championships back to back and won that overseas tournament, she was like, Ooh, yeah, we, we see something in you, honey, let's come over here. So nice. I was like, yeah, I'm down for it. And at that time, I actually dropped out of college for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was just sad. I was like, well, I really put down my college aspirations for wrestling. I don't even know what's really going on because it's still only like my third year wrestling at that point. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, no, we have a college program here. Like we have a deal with DeVry, which is an online school. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was like, so you can do all this stuff, travel around the world and just do your homework on the side. And I said, oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Okay. So, <laughs> But when you heard the word Olympics. Yeah. For the first time, as being attributed to something that could be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to you, Diamond? At first, it was just, again, the magnitude. I didn't really like feel it until a couple of years at the Olympic Training Center. Okay. So at the time, since I didn't really understand being around everybody, mm-hmm. I was just thinking of it as like just a little bigger tournament. But like, as I started talking to people, as I started really looking into it and realizing what the Olympic movement was, I was like, wow, this is huge, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, it was, it was a whirlwind. Kind of blows your mind, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then when I finally, when I finally did make my um, senior world team, that's when I went to the senior world championships. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see that. And before that, I had been a training partner for the Olympians. And I was like, okay. I'm understanding now. It's This is amazing. And not everybody gets to do this. And in my head, since I usually think of myself as an ordinary person who just works very hard. So in my head, anybody could like just do it if they work, if they just put their all into it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm realizing not everybody has the opportunity to put their all into it. Some people literally just don't have it in them to put their all into it. And, or the, they're mentally think they're putting their all into it, but they're really not like, so I'm like, 
this is why it's something that not everybody can do. And that's why I have people coming up to me at Walmart going, like, are you Dimey Guilford? And like, I had, that's why people are hitting up my family and stuff like that because <laughs> I'm actually doing something that isn't like normal or natural to people. So, so yeah. what did, did that conversation look like when you made the phone call back to home and said, mom, dad, you're never going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, um, they're like, oh, let's talk to our contacts. Because we have some friends who actually know the whole wrestling system. Mm-hmm. And at first, they're like, mm, don't go there. Don't do it. Don't, like, don't go to yeah, USOC? Yeah, really? they were against it. Um, because at the time, they already had their 76 kg leading lady out of the line. So they were like, they told me that they're basically going to use me to like learn all my skills I have and then use them against me. Because mm. the outside stuff that happened in the past... So when I came in there, but I was like, okay, money wise, right? I was like, I'm gonna need to go because I don't want to pay this four thousand. Because still in my head, I was like, yeah, sure. that's not a good enough deal for me. So <laughs> <laughs> even though it was one of the best deals in America at that time, like, yeah. so I um, so I still decided to go, and they're like, they're like, Diamond, just be cautious, okay? okay. And I was like, okay, I'll be fine. And in some ways, that like was true, but in other ways, I still learned a lot. I still made great friends who taught me a lot, who I ended up trusting and who carried me into like the woman that I am today. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm glad I made that decision and yeah, it's been a very great benefit to my life. So when you met Adeline for the Mm -hmm. first time, uh, Adeline Gray is a, is an Olympian, very, very well known in the sport of women's freestyle wrestling. Uh, I've had her in the studio several times Mm. and now she's become a mom since. Yeah. And, uh, but she's still hoping to go to Paris as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to get past her. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, is this, is this attainable? Oh yeah. It's definitely definitely attainable for me. And I think the biggest part about making it a reality is me actually just believing it and seeing myself because there's so much prestige that comes around Adeline sure. because she has so many accolades and such yeah. that it makes it seem like, Oh, it's a mountain that only like, only like the God ordained can make it up there and do, do, do. <laughs> but then throughout the years, like I've gotten small practices with her. I've gotten to train around her and I've had people constantly telling me, Diamond, you could be that one. And then when I finally got on the mat with her and I actually like, wrestle against her. I was like, oh God, I can actually be that line. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and now the real trick is mental wrestling's 90% mental. Mm-hmm. So now that I understand that, I'm like, okay, Diamond, let's go and be that line. So yeah. Do you love this lifestyle? Oh, yes. So yes. what what does an average day look like to you? Um, pick a day. Monday, Wednesday, Monday through Friday, pick a day. Oh, uh, pick a Thursday. Okay. A Thursday looks like I wake up at 745. Mm-hmm. I'm very regimented with my eating schedule because I have to eat a lot of food to maintain my weight for all the workouts that I'm doing. Copy that. So I wake up, I get in my breakfast before eight. I have practice at nine. And then after practice at 1030, I stay for about an hour extra to do some more technique and such. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we hit our recovery. We get into the sauna for 30 minutes. And if you've ever been in a sauna with Jakara Winchester, that thing is hot. <laughs> she goes and just sprays down those walls with um, water, mm-hmm. and it's just hot, steamy. Hot, steamy. It's yep. dripping in there. Amazon. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we're out of the wrestling room by 12. I like to go and eat, mm-hmm. and then I go and do a Normatec or any type of recovery for the next hour. 
And since it's Thursday, we have practice at four. Mm -hmm. So then we go back into practice and this one's usually a live session. So that's where we're actually like attacking each other. Like it's our life depends on it. And in my head, how you practice is how you perform. So like I'm actually feel like I'm at battle every Thursday Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're just going at it for a solid hour, hour and a half afterwards. A little bit more recovery time. Now we're doing the cold plunge. Now we're sitting down mm-hmm. and then we eat some dinner. I, I usually like to chill with the other athletes and just watch movies. Anything that really gets us to sit down. Right. Because I think that's a big part of recovery. Like you understand that you put your body through so much throughout the day. Like not spending more energy would be great. Just sit yep. down, honey. So, so, yeah. So you've learned a lot about oh, yeah. human anatomy, physiology, mm-hmm. uh, dietary uh, mm-hmm. regimens, um, and then just the mental discipline that it takes to be a world-class athlete. Mm-hmm. And you credit all that to United States Olympic Training Center. And I credit all that to Carl Winchester and to Car- and to three people, no, four people. And all of them are Olympians. Um, to Carl Montgomery, to Carl Winchester, to Mara Stock, and Randy Miller. Mm-hmm. In oh. different ways, they all took me under their wing ever since I started um, wrestling and any questions I had, any um, things I was missing, they were like, Hey, you need this. Hey, this is what it is. And it's been a beautiful thing. And so everything that I am today is because I've had these people around me just like giving me words of it, words of wisdom, really. Gratitude is at the core of diamond Guilford. Uh, she is a women's freestyle wrestling uh, Olympic hopeful, and she is hoping to don the red, white, and blue uh, for Team USA in Paris 2024. Stick with us. We're back in a minute with Diamond. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. Booth Barn Hall, your gateway to great entertainment. Bringing you world-class concerts and events all year round. Plus, looking for a venue for your next event? Check out BoothBarnHall.com. Booth Barn Hall, your gateway to great entertainment. See you at the show. All right, we're back. True North, fourth quarter here. It is an Air Force home football day here in Southern Colorado. The San Diego uh, State University is coming in at 6 o'clock over at Falcon Stadium. You still have time. Go get some tickets, uh, tailgate a little bit, have some fun, cold beers, and enjoy just a great NCAA fall afternoon here in Southern Colorado. So uh, glad you're here. Glad you're listening to True North. And uh, we're hanging out with Diamond Phillips, who is a women's freestyle wrestling. She's senior world team leader. Uh, member and two-time U.S. Open champion and four-time collegiate national champion. Uh, she went over to Missouri Baptist University and really started to cut her teeth on women's freestyle wrestling, got a great education there, and also got some great training uh, where she got picked up by the USOC and some of the scouts that were looking to fill uh, the women's freestyle wrestling team. And now she is in the discussion, as they say in sports, and uh, she's currently ranked number four 
uh, in the nation, and she is an Olympic hopeful hoping to put on the red, white, and blue for Team USA in Paris. And does that kind of freak you out that that's really right there within uh, reach? Sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I'm like too regular to do it, but then I just see myself wrestling like i actually have to watch videos of me wrestling Mm -hmm. i'm like oh wow i am powerful i'm strong i'm capable like that mental image just becomes real of what reality actually is so you envision yourself doing this it's not even envision i have to actually watch videos of myself okay because people tell me all day i'm so athletic i'm so strong i'm this time the third but in my head it's no different than anybody else like i'm not seeing what they're seeing but then I actually take time in my day to like watch videos of myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what everybody else is seeing. This is what I literally can do. Let mm-hmm. me go and do it type deal. Okay. So, yeah. But you keep yourself humble. And that's the thing I like about you. I mean, you've, you're very grounded. Uh, there's no air or pretense about you. You know where you come from. Uh, you're part of a huge family, a football team, literally. <laughs> and uh, But you're also, I mean, you rely on your spiritual life uh, and, and your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, to ground you and keep you humble. And I love that because um, as you grow into any sport, uh, whether it's tennis, golf, football, uh, or women's freestyle wrestling, and you start to find your name on big billboards and mm-hmm. signs and uh, television and radio, um, it's a challenge to keep yourself level. And does does the training center help you guys with that? And And what do they teach you about the inbound fame that you're likely to encounter? The tracer does not help with that. <laughs> I'm around Olympians who are on like Wheaties boxes. So yeah. it's hey, something else. Isn't so it? there is an air that like you gain from like being there. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but they've the, earned it. Yeah, they've definitely earned it. Oh, they've done their job. They've represented America. Mm-hmm. They didn't help the flag. They're great. Mm-hmm. But there's certain air like that. You just like get around that. But then they come back with the stories of, why they're so humble sometimes because they're like, yo, I remember times that I've lost. I remember the times that I've seen people, um, and this is them talking to me. Mm-hmm. They're like, we've seen people come through here and give it their best and their all and still come up short. So like that is what keeps it humble. Like realizing that we're all human mm-hmm. and like humans sometimes don't make the mark, but yeah, but sometimes humans make the mark. We set the mark. We are the mark. So it's like a balance here. So, I love yeah. it. Yep. And you're gaining that from your coaches. I mean, you're getting that perspective, that confidence to look at yourself and see yourself in the ring mm-hmm. uh, as a U.S. Olympian. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Diamond, it's it's time. When I first got into their hands, um, when I first arrived at Olympic Training Center, I only knew two wrestling moves, mm-hmm. a double leg and a lace. Look, I could get a match done with just those two moves call a day, but there's so much more to wrestling. So they spent the first couple of years I was there just teach me how to wrestle and all the dynamics of it. Mm-hmm. So like I was very like novice and green and all these like young things. Yeah, yeah. But then at one point they're like, Hey diamond, it's time to start executing. It's time to like step up to the plate and like claim these matches and take them and not just like see it as another learning lesson, like see it as a place to dominate. So okay. the coaches have helped with like that, that mindset of setting myself up to be in the spot we need to be at. So what needs to happen to get you to Paris? I need to win. I need to blast. I need to shoot, blast double. I need to sprawl. I need to have that grit from the beginning of April. I think it'll be April 20th of 2024 Mm -hmm. when we have our Olympic trials from the beginning of the tournament to the, at the last whistle of finals. 
I need to go out there and be everything that I am. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not asking for anything more than I am. They literally just told me, be who you are. Just bring everything out there at every second and you'll be fine. Tournament rituals? Mm-hmm. Uh, tournament rituals eat um, make sure I'm eating. <laughs> it's a recurring theme in yes. your life. Okay. Yes, I was one ninth before I started wrestling. Right on. So I um have lost like thirty pounds through wrestling. Yeah, you're and lean and strong. Yes. Yep. So a really big part of my whole thing is make sure I'm eating, mm-hmm. and so that's my tournament ritual. Especially since I get so much anxiety during tournaments that like that sense to eat goes out the window, and then I wonder why by finals. I'm over here kind of mm-hmm. tired. tired and like, I'm like, why am I not recovering? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, cause I haven't eaten anything all day. So the tournament rituals eat, um, give hand slaps to my coaches before I get on the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, give thanks to God at my interviews and call it a day, right. smile, yep. have fun. Anybody in your sights that you absolutely, you've, you've got to get past them to get on the team. Adeline. Adeline. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's especially since not only does she have so much experience just being in that spot mm-hmm. and since she um, just medaled at world championships, she gets to sell itself finals. So she's going to be very refreshed, more refreshed than anybody else. I'm going to be wrestling. She's going to be able to watch you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that's going to be my biggest person to get past. But once you pass it, you pass it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So when you're in those matches and you're, you're, you're really up against somebody who's who's really your equal on the mat, mm-hmm. okay? At least for the moment. Uh, where do you go headspace wise, and how how do you turn that into a physicality that turns the tide and wins you the match? What does that look like for you? Because you feel like okay, I'm 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 in a toggle here, mm-hmm. uh, but I need I need to step it up right here and right now. What what does that look like for you? Well, in my head, how you practice is how you perform. So when I go into practice, before I hit any competition, I'm literally looking at the way I'm executing during practice, Mm -hmm. and I'm putting myself in my matches. I'm telling myself, oh, this is my quarterfinals match. How am I going to wrestle here? How am I going to think? And I'm controlling where my mind is going. I'm focused on the shots. I'm focused on my positioning. I'm focused on um, not letting her think that she could win. And then... um, and. Just go into every practice with that type of mindset. And then once I go actually into the matches, it's the same thing. It's I've already been here a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So then I'm actually in the match. I'm focusing on position. I'm staying low. I'm making sure homegirl doesn't think that she can beat me. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's a That's we keep great. the balance going. So it's not saying that we just automatically call out when we get to the tournament. It's saying that you force out of yourself throughout the training and it makes it easier because some days you don't want to wake up and get out of bed and go to practice. Mm-hmm. Some days you're not going to want to go to the tournament, That's right. but might as well practice that feeling now and working through it. So, yeah. All right. And life after sport. I mean, so you've, got an, you've got an accounting degree. Oh, she's already excited for that. <laughs> so excited. Okay. Uh, so what does it look like for you? A CPA firm? Oh or my gosh. What does it look like? I'm going, look, I'm going to go and be fifth generation working for the Department of Mental Health okay. along with my family. You've got a passion. I am so excited to be, like just join the family trade of going to work for L.A. County. And I just have been just stacking up my, what do you call it, my degrees. And I'm mm-hmm. going to have, I'm going to have my CPA certification by the time I'm done wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to walk in there and I'm going to be like, okay, it's time to me join the workforce and just give back. It's going to be great. That's right. 
Well, hopefully not until after you, oh, yeah. you've donned uh, 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 the American flag mm-hmm. in the red, white, and blue in Paris. Uh, all right, so is is it one and done Olympics for you, or if if you have a good run here, will you stay with it? Because Adeline's getting a little downstream. I mean, she's not fourteen anymore. Oh, uh, you know, so she's she's had longevity in the sport. I mean, could the sport keep you for a while as well? The way I look at it, as long as I have provision to mm-hmm. keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it because I love being here. It's fun, isn't it? So, yeah, it's just nice. And then, like, once the provision runs out, I'm like, okay, time to go a different time path. Time to like, go to work. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go and do what we need to do. And I like the ways that my aunties are living. And those are all the ladies who have been in the profession before me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know I'm going to have a good life after wrestling. So let me just enjoy my wrestling life while we have the time. Good for you. Yeah. Love your perspective. Love your balance. Uh, can people follow you on social media? How, oh, how yeah. do they watch what you're doing? Um, you can go on Flow Wrestling to go and watch any matches, any upcoming events. Okay. Um, we have December Nationals in December on December 17th. And you can follow me on social media. I keep I keep updated with my training, my um, hiking life and social life and um, just getting ready for Paris 2024. Mm-hmm. And I usually post a lot of highlights on there too. It's going to be like at Diamond Guilford on any social media handle. Beautiful. And what is your encouragement to young girls listening to this program who maybe want to take the take a swing at this at uh, women's freestyle wrestling? Girl, when you get into this, I say best bet go and find you a college, get a good scholarship, and get your degree in something that's going to make you money after wrestling. There is so much opportunity and so much money in wrestling that it'd be a shame to pass it up. Absolutely. Well, I'm hanging out with Diamond Guilford. She's an Olympic hopeful in women's freestyle wrestling. Keep an eye on her, folks. Thank you, Diamond. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you being here. Best wishes for your journey to Paris 2024. Last note, what is your jam song as you're prepping for a tournament? Energy by Beyonce. Boom. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.